0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA-approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
1: For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. Or call 877-351-0300.
0: Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. A wild night in Dublin, fresh sexual assault allegations, and a financial fallout. The latest on Russell Brand. In the early nineties, Russell Brand was everywhere, from MTV to Channel 4. Oh, hello. Oh, yeah. Woo. Sit down. Hello. He toured the UK and Ireland's biggest comedy venues, including an infamous night in Dublin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Russell Brand! He even conquered Hollywood. My
2: friend, you seem sprightly. I had a great time last night.
0: Congratulations, well done. But that all changed last Saturday. And he's now everywhere for a very different reason. Four women accusing the comedian of sexual misconduct, including rape, sexual assault and emotional abuse. He is denying all the claims. I'm Tabitha Monaghan and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Alison Morris, crime correspondent with the Belfast Telegraph and by Dee Malumby of The Irish Independent to look at the latest fallout in the Russell Brand story. Alison Myers, can you give us a brief recap on what we learned um, in the joint investigation with Channel 4 and the Sunday Times into Russell Brand? That investigation, which we are
1: told has been four years in the making, revealed that there are five women who alleged that Russell Brand had committed offences against them and they included a 16-year-old girl who had been in a three-month relationship with him. This was during the height of his fame when he would have had a a BBC radio show or when he was appearing on Channel 4. Um, Of those women, one did at the time go and report that and took part in um, a slight investigation but then didn't actually follow that through with the criminal process because she felt she wasn't able to at the time. Um, since that, there's been, I suppose, a huge fallout from it and that the BBC have had to launch their own investigation as that 16-year-old girl said that Russell Brand sent a BBC car to pick her up from school to take her to his house. We know that one other uh, completely separate victim has now gone forward and made a police complaint. Um, And YouTube have said just uh, in the last 24 hours that they have demonetised his YouTube channel, which will be the main source of Russell Brand's income in recent years. Um, So the fallout from it is ongoing and continuing.
0: And the allegations that were contained in the investigation, some of them are very serious criminal allegations and then some are not criminal, but they're challenging to even watch or to read. How has Brand addressed the allegations? Now,
2: this isn't the usual type of video we make on this channel where we critique, attack and undermine the news in all its corruption, because in this story, I am the news. Well,
1: what he did was, uh, I suppose, very cleverly as he got out
2: ahead of the
1: story, um, which you know, any good sort of PR person will tell you is the way to handle these sort of prices. So, he put his own video on his YouTube channel. The uh, ahead of knowing that these programs were going to come out and this news report was going to come out. And then he obviously played to his six million audience where he spoke about conspiracy theories, how the, the establishment was out to get him, how his followers had warned him in the private messages, you know, you're getting too close to the truth, Russell, they're coming to get you. And then he briefly mentioned that these allegations were part of that and said that he had been clearly very promiscuous in those years, but that any sexual encounters that he had were completely consensual. I was always transparent
2: about that then, almost too transparent. And I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question, Is there another agenda at play? He is obviously
1: going along the defence of, you know, this is the establishment trying to come at me for speaking the truth on my YouTube channel. Um, Some of those, as you said, some of those allegations were of of rape and assault, things that are are clearly um, within the criminal threshold. But then also the dispatches programme itself just showed other... It was called In Plain Sight and it was called that for good reason because we also heard video recordings of a radio show that Russell Brand had done. We know he eventually got sacked from that radio show for leaving voice messages um, on the, the phone of uh, the grandfather a very famous the guy who played Manuel in Fawlty Towers um, he left messages on his phone him and um, at that stage him and Jonathan Ross saying that they had you know he had slept with his granddaughter something that uh, caused her a family rift in that family he eventually was sacked from that but a year before that we hear him having a conversation with Jimmy Savile now this is astounding because at that stage it was an open secret um, in the media circles that Jimmy Savile was accused of being a paedophile we hadn't yet had the big expose that would reveal that. But it was well known and it was well known, um, especially within the circles of brand would have been in. And yet he's having this chatty conversation saying, oh, I'd like to meet you, Mr. Savile. And at one stage, Jimmy Savile says, you know, bring a sister. He says, I don't have a sister, but I have a personal assistant. And he says, could she be naked? He said, I could arrange that. And this was obviously a woman working in a professional capacity, for Vessel Brand at that time being demeaned, we've also heard other video clips where he demeans women, female TV presenters, um, and you could see, you know, a 2006 report from the singer Danny Mano, who said that he was a bit of a vile predator and wouldn't take no for an answer. She later said in an interview he ran after her, handed her his phone number, and she promptly threw it away and other women such as Catherine Ryan, the comedian, have spoke about how she confronted um, someone who she was working with and told him that he was a predator and we now know that that person was Russell Brown. So it's not as if there weren't red flags all over the place. So now the investigation is not just a criminal investigation into Russell Brand's behaviour and a look at what what the the platforms that award him um, at this point in time, quite a lucrative platform to make money, but also a look back at those Channel 4 bosses, those BBC bosses, those people who give him ample opportunities to build his profile and access at times to very young women. Because one of the allegations in the dispatches, a member of staff said they felt like a pimp. Working for Russell Brand because at that stage, the Big Brother's Big Mouth, that spinoff show that he was the presenter of. They gathered their studio audiences, often from local universities, so they were made up of very young men and women, and they had said they would be sent out you know, to uh, gather those young women together at the end of the show.
0: A BBC spokesperson has released a statement, and it says Russell Brand
2: worked for a number of different organisations, of which the BBC was one. As is well known, Russell Brand left the BBC after a serious editorial breach in 2008. Night, as did the then controller of Radio
0: 2. So there's a lot of questions now online, particularly from those who are supporting Russell Brand is, why is this happening now and why didn't it happen previously at the time?
1: Russell Brand is a, is a very clever man. We, we know that, you know, he's, he's very linguistic. He's very compelling. Um, you know, he's, he's compelling to listen to and to watch. And that's why he was able to, to build such a profile for himself. And I do think that he's saying the writing was on the wall. He knew after the Me Too movement that his specific brand of comedy, if that's what you want to call it, um, was outdated. It was n- it was never going to swing anymore. He wasn't getting the TV bookings. He was known as someone who was who was difficult to work with, and who young female members of staff, be they runners, wardrobe ladies, all of that, just didn't want to be in his company. Um, and he could see that coming. I I think, and, and he also seen the rise um, at this stage in America. It hadn't really been monetized in the UK, but the the raise at that that's sort of online. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, the grift, let's call it, you know, the people like Joe Rogan and Alex Jones who are making vast amounts of money by spouting, you know, conspiracy theories about the global elite.
2: The pandemic created at least 40 new far, big pharma billionaires. Pharmaceutical corporations like Moderna and Pfizer made $1,000 of profit every second from the COVID-19 <laughs> vaccine. More than well, two-thirds of Congress received campaign funding from pharmaceutical companies. It calls the myself a
1: wellness guru and, and that has awarded them a degree of protection because those people have come out and we've seen people like Jordan Peterson, the very controversial academic um, who came out to support him Elon Musk has come out to support him Um, Tommy Robinson our right agitator has come out to support him Um, And we've seen other people as well who would be considered controversial figures. And some may add, some women, people like Kitty Hopkins, who herself was deplatformed because of her extreme views and now um, exists only on social media and I suppose occupies a similar space. Um, And people like that coming out to support him and also some other women who worked with him in the past. Um, And, you know, we see some very strange rhetoric, but also the majority of the people They believe that this big conspiracy is because he got too close to the truth. He was speaking out, you know, he was revealing Big Pharma, all of this. And they're turning a blind eye to the very obvious feelings of this man as a human being and the things that came out of his own mouth.
0: Dee Malumbi, how much of a pop culture force was Russell Brand at the height of his career? Russell Brown's career really would have launched in
2: around the 2000s. I'd say that was kind of the height of his career, really. He would have been uh, quite prominent as a stand-up comedian at this stage. He was a presenter on a number of shows, uh, particularly on MTV in the 2000s. And he was also developing quite a strong reputation for his problems with uh, drug addiction and sex addiction. And he was quite renowned, really, from an early stage for creating controversy and uh, hitting headlines on a number of occasions for his provocative behaviour. Um, I think many people will remember one of the most infamous incidents would have been in 2001 when he was fired from a presenting gig for arriving at work uh, dressed up as Osama bin Laden. And this would have been the day after 9-11. And he was also uh, bringing his drug dealer into the MTV studios. But he was by all means not cancelled at this stage. Just in 2004, then he was presenting a Big Brothers eForum, which would have been a, a sister series to the big reality show. And indeed, he was rehired at MTV in 2007 so it wasn't a particularly long time that he was off the screens or anything like that. Uh, he then went on to present the NME Music Awards in 2006-2007, uh, and he presented the VMAs in 2008 and 2009. Paul Geldof there, obviously an amazing man to whom we have a lot to be grateful, not him calling me a <laughs> of course. Um... Really, it's no surprise that he's such an expert on famine. He has, after all, been dining out on I Don't Like Mondays for 30 years. The 2008 ones, I think he'd be particularly infamous for because uh, that show garnered a number of uh, complaints. People took major offence to the fact that uh, while he was presenting the show, he referred to Britney Spears as a female Christ. He called George Bush a retarded cowboy fella and he was making fun of the Jonas Brothers purity rings. Um, At this time, he was also gaining quite a bit of prominence as an actor. He was starring in a number of movies, St Trinian's and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And he was also doing a number of like voice acting uh, gigs. And he had a career in radio and he published his first autobiography in 2007. So it's safe to say he was really everywhere and he was a pretty substantial pop culture for
0: us. And what about the stand up career?
2: Yeah, I think that what was quite interesting about um, the fact that he had his start in stand-up comedy was the fact that the nature of that job is that you do tend to over-exaggerate and you're not always kind of straight with everything that you're saying and I think that that's why in kind of subsequent years there is a question around well how much of this stuff is actually serious and
0: how much of it is all just a big comedic act anyway. But he's faded from our TV and movie screens in recent years. What kind of audience does he have now?
2: He has like still a very big audience. He has something like 20 million uh, uh, followers. And I think that what's quite interesting is that Russell Brand is quite incendiary and contrary almost for the sake of it as a figure. And he clearly wants to attract an audience that similarly just gets kind of riled up for the sake of it. So he does have quite a substantial audience, but it is that kind of reactionary um, audience that he targets, but also absolutely loves the stuff that he is feeding into them
0: why has he taken so strongly against the mainstream media because he was very much a part of it during his career like you detailed there he was on Channel 4 he was on the BBC he was writing for The Guardian as well why has he gone so far the other way? I mean, it's kind of interesting because
2: I think that there's something of an irony and he's something of a walking contradiction in his decrying mainstream media, because as you indicated there, nobody would know who he is without mainstream media. Let's be honest here. He would not have the privilege of the celebrity status that he has today without mainstream media. And the other thing I would argue is at the end of the day, he still utilizes video. He still utilizes podcast platforms to share his messages, to spread his work. And even though they might not be, say, radio or film or TV, those kind of major platforms, I still would associate video and podcasting with being integrated into that contemporary media scape. So I would argue that he is a part of the mainstream media, even though he pertains to be against it.
0: He went from being a heroin addict live on air on MTV to a sex addict live on air on E4 to a predator live on air on Radio 6 and Radio 2. He kept progressing. Nothing held him back. And so he thought he could do whatever he wanted. Talking about his career and the impact that these allegations could have on his career, there's been a lot of talk online comparing what happened with Kevin Spacey, for example, who had these allegations against him. The court of public opinion decided that he was guilty. They went to trial and he was found not guilty. And then some people would say that really his career could never quite recover. What do you think of that? And do you think something similar will happen or could happen to Russell Brand? Well from what I've observed myself I think that Kevin Spacey
2: is making a bit of a comeback now and and could that the you know final adjudication on that trial signal the end of me too it could very well be the case I mean I just don't see this destroying Russell Brand's career I just think that he has too many uh, followers uh, like I said 20 million perhaps more and to be honest I just don't think that the court of public opinion holds as much sway as it once did um I think that the public has become too disparate too fragmented too divided. And that even if a figure were to be found guilty of a crime, they would have enough people on their side to be able to maintain a career. I just don't think that cancel culture as a concept really exists anymore. So I don't see this being the end for Russell Brand.
0: Despite those allegations emerging, Mr. Brand is tonight appearing on stage at the Troubadour Wembley Park Theatre in North London. We have just seen him arrive through security. Back up guys, back up. And even the night that dispatches came out and the article in The Times and The Sunday Times had been published, he went and he did a gig in London to, I think, more than 2,000 people in the audience. So even despite these questions hanging over what what had happened and the allegations emerging, people still wanted to go and see him. So gigging was a big part of his career at the time. Maybe it's not as much now, but he did come to Dublin at some stage during his career.
2: That's right. So one of Russell Brand's more um, infamous incidents happened in 2007 in Dublin. um, And this actually came from uh, a security guard who was there on the day. Uh, But the comedian allegedly uh, stood up on stage. He picked 12 girls from the crowd and he said, I'm going to ask you to come backstage. And the object is to shag you. Um, The security guard actually said he was completely dumbfounded and that he had never seen anything
0: the likes of it, which is saying something for someone in that career. It does go back to what we saw in Channel 4 Dispatches as well, where some of the runners or the people that were working in the crew said they felt like pimps for him. It's not beyond the pale that this kind of allegation would come out in Dublin because we already saw it in the documentary. Do you think there will be more of a focus in terms of the Me Too movement on the comedy scene?
2: I think that there might be. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some um, kind of Me Too allegations against the likes of, say, Aziz Ansari, uh, Louis C.K. in the past, but none really in recent years from what I recall. This is probably the most uh, similar incident. But um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really important that, you know, incidents like these are called out and that they are labelled as unacceptable, but it doesn't seem to directly affect um, these individuals.
0: And Alison, can you tell me a bit more about any criminal investigations that are underway or might be underway now? On Monday, the Met Police said that they'd received an additional
1: allegation of sexual assault that took place in Soho in central London in 2003. Now, Soho would have been a place where a lot of people who were in the entertainment industry, a lot of production companies would have been placed. So, you know, it would have been a kind of place that Russell Brown would have been socialising in those years. They have yet to launch a criminal investigation because obviously they'll have to assess um these allegations and, and the time scale of them and see if there's scope there. But I would expect that Russell Brown will have to be spoken to by police, probably by prior arrangement sometime in the in the coming days or weeks. And what we have seen with these cases, and we know this from the Harvey Weinstein um, case from similar cases like this that have been brought to bear because of investigative journalism. And then we see other victims and people who had maybe been afraid to speak out the past come forward and the, the entire thing snowballs. That may or may not happen in this case. I've been waiting since I was 16 for it to hit the papers or for it to be on the news that he's been arrested or that... Somebody's reported him and it's stopped the abuse. Russell Brand, as I say, has denied these allegations and said all of his relationships were consensual. Um, but I mean, even if it does show that the criminal test hasn't been met for prosecution and these relationships were consensual, it doesn't excuse the vileness and the misogyny and the stuff that we actually see happening in, in with our own eyes and, and listen to with our own ears from Russell Brand's previous behavior and I'm particularly disturbed at the amount of people that are trying to justify a 31 year old man sending a card of like a 16 year old child up from school to bring them to this house so they can have sex with them and the amount of times in the past few days I've heard that 16 is above the age of consent and it may well be but those laws were put in place to protect teenagers in relationships with other teenagers. They weren't there to protect grown men, to groom young women um, and uh, have coercive relationships with them when the power dynamic is so out of kilter. I mean, I don't know whether we do need to have a conversation about the age of consent and the laws because in some countries we know that those laws are very specific as in they put an age range saying that, you know, they might have a lower age of consent such as 14 or 15, but they that means that those people should only be in relationships with other people of a similar age. And because a criminal offence of someone older is involved in a relationship with a person of that age. And that's maybe something that we do need to talk about. So it wasn't something that maybe Channel 4 expected to come out of this investigation. But I do think
0: it's a conversation people are now having. And Alison, can you tell me about the BBC and Channel 4 and what they've had to say?
1: Well, why dispatches has clearly placed a lot of money and time and resource in to this investigation. Channel four are not, you know, Lily White in this situation. They give him an opportunity after he had already been sacked from several previous other places of employment because of his behaviour, and they give him that opportunity on that big brother's big mouth. As I said, a live studio audience show that was filmed with very young women in the audience um, they have questions to answer as to what they knew and why there was a blind eye turned to it for so long the BBC have very serious allegations to answer they said they have launched an investigation but something that should be very easily proved very quickly is was a BBC car Sent to a school to pick up a 16-year-old girl and bring them to Russell Brown's house, and if that happened, and if that was known by senior executives in the BBC, I would expect there to be very serious repercussions for that, because I don't think anyone, any right minded thinking member of society, and from that, I, you know, I take away the cult following that Russell Brown has, but anyone. His right-minded thinking would believe that that is acceptable behaviour or that that falls within the remits of what something like a, a publicly funded organisation like the BBC should have been involved in and also should have passed away, turned a blind eye to and not disciplined or sacked Russell Brand at the time.
0: And my thanks to Alison Morris and Dean Malumbi. I'm Tabitha Monaghan and today's episode was produced by Dee Reddy and Gareth Mulhall, researched by Maeve MacTaggart and Dave Hanratty, with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from Channel 4, Dispatches, Sky News, ITV News, Times Radio, BBC Radio 2, Today Show Australia, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Russell Brand's YouTube channel and Independent.ie. If you've been affected by any of the topics in this podcast, The Irish Independent has a list of helplines on our website, independent.ae. Search for someone to talk to. If you enjoyed the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.